back to Homestuck Book Club. Brie, what is the vibe? Are you feeling chummy, palsy, chipper, bully, peppy, or rancorous? You know, I think I'm kind of fluctuating between bully and rancorous today. Ooh. How about you? That's that's a bad that's a bad vibe. Well, Are you okay? I think well, I mean, I think bully's good. Like bully too. No, bully is bully good. It just the the bully rancorous combo is interesting. I'm feeling chipper. You sound chipper. I feel chipper. I used to have a quote unquote pet squirrel that lived in my dad's backyard named Chipper. So I like to take that to heart every day. Always remember Chipper. Yeah, he was a good good squirrel. All right. Welcome back to Homestuck Book Club. I'm Lexi. And I'm Ree. Ooh, what are we drinking? I got PBR because I miss going to shows, even though I hate PBR. <laughs> I miss Portland. I also want a PBR. Mm-hmm. Different time. Yeah, I've got a uh, a diet soda. Are you going to say what kind um, of soda? No. Just diet? Yep. Because uh, I don't want to get diabetes, and I love the taste of aspartame. You're going to get diet beaties. <laughs> I don't know. That's I don't that's, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> All right. This was a pretty meaty chunk of Homestuck that we had this week, reading from page 248 to page 388. Lots happened. Lots happened. Big plot. Lots of uh we met met some met some new people. We had some games, had some activities. We did. So, let's Talk about John. Let's do like, let's go character by character instead of chronologically because that's a mishmash. So John's house got teleported out of reality and into space, essentially. Some kind of game-based purgatory. Yeah, just like on a massive pillar, like... Uh, in the sky, surrounded by clouds, no ground, no nothing. Dad is there too. Somewhere. Somewhere, uh, allegedly. And there's like eyes appearing in the shadows. And also there's like this like inky goo, some sludge, some slime appearing places all over the place. So there's, like, an impending sense of real, actual danger with John, even though we haven't actually seen, like, an enemy yet. Yeah, and, you know, and it's sort of, like, yeah, an impending terror, even though despite, like, as far as we can tell, we are safe from, you know, the end of the world, because, like, the meteor, like, we don't see the meteor or anything anymore. Yeah, well, they mentioned, like, that the meteor destroyed John's neighborhood mm-hmm. when he's talking to Gigi. 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 We did have our first bit of a like a a bit of a problem with Flash not existing anymore. Rip, um, rip in peace. Yeah. So what used to be like a game was just a bit of a confusing choose your own adventure. Yeah, it just kind of takes you through what was the game. So like, which is ironic because this whole thing is like. Homestuck, it's a parody of a game. It's like it's like you're reading, it's like a comic version of a game. And then now the actual parts that were actual games, you can't even play. Mm-hmm. And we also met a wayward vagabond uh, that we met a little bit as in like click away links mostly, which was weird. Um, but he's a little uh, goblin thing with that's wrapped up in cloaks 
and he is in a desert in the not too distant future and then he goes down a pipe and then there's a computer with four screens and we can only see one on and it's what john is doing and then wayward vagabond is like tickety tacking away and he's those like kind of antagonistic commands that we're getting for john in this bit which is interesting because it like sort of breaks the fourth wall in the sinew in like the insinuation that, like, you know, are the commands that are moving the story along? Is that the reader? I mean, obviously, like, initially, slash, like, historically, it was the readers collectively on the forums. And then, but also, it feels like this is the reader pushing it along. And then it's like, no, some of it is uh, this guy in a bunker in the desert. Mm-hmm. Um, I found his commands to be somewhat reminiscent of that now in the year or was in the year 2020 very popular web comic about the two aliens that do like mundane human things, but they talk about them in a funny way because they're aliens. It reminded me of that, which just got me thinking about how that is the most divisive web comic I have ever encountered because everybody I know either is in love with it or has nothing but like. Uh, hatred. Wait, towards is it. this like the one that's like, like on Instagram, and it's like my companion creature is scratching on the exit port, and it's like yes, that yeah. If we and if we let it, if we release it from the containment room, it will attempt to re-enter the exit port. Yeah, and, and yeah. What, See, you what, you made one. What you wrote it. Yeah, like okay, I didn't. Yeah, like I yeah, I guess those are divisive. Like the only like thing I remember is that like somebody dug up that they're low key um, anti-abortion or something. Like oh, like like well, that's the, not like, the direction the, 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 I was hoping this would go. <laughs> yeah, like the artist is like evangelical Christian or something. But I like those. I still follow, oh. I, I still follow the comic on Instagram. I think they're I think it's funny. It's yeah. charming enough. I just I know I know. Well, one person that I live with is, like, vehemently against them, and... It yeah. is it is sort of, like, <laughs> you know, if you have a certain level of irony poison, like, it's a little too earnest. Yeah. But, I mean, which is ironic, because, I mean, if it, this reminds you of it, even though it is, like, the opposite, like, this is in, an incredibly irony-poisoned uh, comic, and that's where this uh, the comedy is being derived from. Yeah, I guess the point being, wow, this wayward vagabond is trying to describe normal things, but in a alien language because he doesn't understand it. Mm-hmm. And the humor derives from that, like, alien perceptive perspective mm-hmm. on regular things. Which is kind of very in line with the co- whole comedy of the comic, where it's like, what if these normal things were the most, like, ridiculous, overly complicated video game logic you could possibly think of. Oh, yeah, totally. We get to, we get another look at Sirius Dad Twitter while we're with John this time, and I wanted to point out how his, the dad's name on Sirius Business Twitter is PipeFan413, which is John's birthday! That's Uh his son's birthday? How cute is that? I just thought that was really cute and then all the other dads are so concerned right like they're like oh my gosh like well not they don't say oh my gosh they say like i hope your 
expensive suits didn't get hurt in the process. Yeah, I hope your expensive and well-curated collection of pipes has not been damaged in the apocalypse. Yeah, but that's their way of saying, man, I really care about you, and I hope that this troubling time doesn't bring harm to you or your family. As, as you know, people in nearing the peak of their adulthood, you know, we can we can relate. That's how you that's how yeah. you have to talk to people sometimes. Yeah. Um, we also get a look at the kind of in-game resource management, which is now a thing that we have to be concerned about, which is grist. Build grist. It's the gushers. Um, I mean, a, gushers. A, as with most mechanics in this, like, don't get too attached to any of the anything that seems really, really important. Because, like, it's another, it's one of these things where it just these, you know, rules that are like painstakingly set up get dropped at like the like most immediate inconvenience yes but that being said i did really enjoy when everything kind of came back to when rose put the crux shooter in front of the door because it looked like it fit really well in there Mm -hmm. but now she's built everything and she has no more build grist and she doesn't have enough build grist to move the crux shooter so that john can go outside it doesn't have enough to make a new door or move the door. So they also, the game mechanics are currently a problem mm-hmm. that they are having to overcome. Yeah. Um, furthermore, if you're having, like, as Ree said, don't worry too much because they do, everything does kind of get dropped in a little bit and you don't really have to worry about it. But on on page 272, Rose's game fact does summarize everything actually quite eloquently. Oh yeah, that's very good, yeah. And then I guess kind of the last big John thing is that he finishes prototyping his sprite with his Nana's ashes. Uh, What was it? The hag ash? Yeah. (laughs) Uh, After like, first they tried to like throw Betty Crocker cake mix in there, but Harlequins are famously like mischievous and like the, the sprite was playing hard to catch and that accidentally bumped into the, the, Ashes. Well, th- I think it became... was after the giant Colonel Sassaker's book got dropped on the floor and caused a minor quake that it got knocked yeah, over. Yeah, but yeah, but the Sassaker text got dropped in the process of attempting to become part of the sprite. Yes, yeah, it's true. So that's another alternate reality where it's a jester and also the king of jokes himself, Colonel Sassaker. This piece of media um, would never delve into alternate realities. That is. That is trite and contrived, and this, this Homestuck is better than that. You're lying to everybody right now. No. I <laughs> nah. Okay, so we met another character that we can actually name now, and that's Dave Strider, a.k.a. Um, Insufferable Prick? Insufferable Prick, that's the one. Yeah. Yeah, so Dave is, you know supposed to be the cool character he wears shades he does everything for irony and he raps and i remember being told that dave was supposed to be the cool to john's nerd and i think at the time at the time you know when we first read this i think that the character read as cool yeah now i am aligning more with the insufferable prick take on dave because, yeah, I don't think his character aged great. Like, not in, like, you know, a problematic sense. It's just that it's just not as funny 
as I remember it. Yeah. I, yeah. Like, this guy, like, okay, here's the thing. He's into DJing. He has, like, katanas on his wall, which John set accuses are inexpensive, like, kind of knockoffs. I mean, he does he's, pierce a crow with one of them, so they're at least a little bit sharp. Yeah. He's a rapper, does everything for Strictly Irony, thinks he's super hot, into taxidermy, which is a bit of a, a curveball. I would not hang out with this well, guy. Well, 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 well. Th- if you think about it, think about some someone in your life who you know who thinks they're really cool, is into obscure bands, makes electronic music, is into, you know, taxidermy, like, and is a bit of a mall ninja. That's like every single hip person in Vancouver that I know. I don't, ha- I'm not friends with any hip people in Vancouver. Oh, and then photography. Like, that's, I've, oh, yeah. I know like 30 people. I could probably like throw something from my window and hit somebody who fits that description. The only difference is now they're all like, you know, cottagecore, like math rock nerds. Yeah, that is a that is a pipeline. Yeah. But yeah, like, don't get me wrong. Like, I've I've seen this guy on Tinder, not Dave, because he's 13, but like this kind of person, a bunch. And I'm sure I've gone down that road a few times before. I'm just saying that now where I am in my life, and with my, no, I'm not crazy about him at all. No, I absolutely agree. Especially like when the, when <laughs> when like it was just the rapping, like like my eyes started to glaze over, and I'm like, I don't, I don't, I I just it's not that funny. It's kind of boring. I don't know what like Hussey's relationship to rap music is. Like I mean, because this is well before like the ironic ICP thing. So yeah. Here's the thing, though, that because I I was the I with the rapping, I got thinking like. We've established that Hussey is an is a very good writer, like mm-hmm. he understands comedy, he understands like a bunch about what it means to write comedy and write narrative. He knows that rap is an oral medium, like and he knows that like we don't hear these words. So he is making the deliberate choice for readers to read these things and either glaze over it or, like, say it out loud to hear how it scans. Yeah, well, because, like, like I'm, I, I, this is acknowledging the fact that, like, he's supposed to be lame. Like, kind of the joke of the character is, oh, he thinks he's really cool, but is actually super lame. And uh, what I'm trying to yes. do is separate, like, what is the intentional lameness of this, like, cheesy mall ninja versus just the jokes that the that aspect of the joke that just isn't quite as funny, you know, 10 years later. Mhm. I think we also like I also kind of got a sense of that like Dave is actually not cool when we find out how into Ben Stiller he is after making fun of John for liking Matthew McConaughey and Nicolas Cage because I would take a Nick Cage or Matthew McConaughey movie over a Ben Stiller movie, like, literally any day. Oh, easily. Easily. Instantly. Yeah. Like, Ben Stiller makes me a human woman uncomfortable knowing that he exists, like, that his character, not him as, like, a man, but, like, his characters exist. Like, just knowing that there's, his whole bit is like, oh, no, 
I got a boner and then came on my wife's grandma's ashes and her dad saw and now he doesn't like me anymore. Oh, this is embarrassing. Are you saying that's never happened to you? Yes. (laughs) And if it has, I sure as fuck wouldn't want to watch a movie about it and relive the whole experience. Anyways, to continue. (laughs) We do see our first sweet, sweet, sweet bro and hella Jeff comic falling down the stairs warned you about the stairs yeah i think we're gonna have to do uh, a whole if we get enough people to do a patreon we'll do a whole uh, special about sweet bro and hell in fact we might just do that in either way eventually but you know i think we should just acknowledge it and move on and give it the time it's due later on absolutely there's actually on the place we end for this week is like right at like a cache of sweet bro and hella jeff stuff so that might come up nice and soon because there's a lot and it's really good yeah and after dave kills the bird with the katana that he fires out of a silidex there's a gif of him holding his little tiny hands over his little tiny mouth with just like this little microscopic exclamation point just firing off and it's just an all-time classic gif and it's it's a big mood. Also, I wanted to talk about Dave Silidex because it's just like, I get the point is that they're supposed to be needlessly complicated, but it's like just the amount of time it would have taken to like think that up and like, because it get, assigns items a number based on the consonants and verbs in the word. And that consonants and vowels, you mean? That's what I meant. Yeah. And then <laughs> give assigns it to a slot based on that number. And then to use it, you have to come up with a word like a verb that has the same value. And like, like, again, obviously the point is that they're supposed to be needlessly complicated and ridiculous, but like just the like amount of time it would take to write that much less come up with it. But ironically, like he spends the most, the least amount of time talking about it. Well, it's because he seems to be the only character who has like any experience using this type of system yeah he just like he explains it one time and then he shows the math every time he does it but like that's not something you actually have to read like it takes up so little like brain space whereas you know something is syllable something as simple as john's you know just like one in one out system got like 40 pages or whatever Mm -hmm. even though there's definitely been gags of him like misusing it so i want to share a fun story from the con slash cosplay scene about dave so my one of my first conventions i hadn't finished homestuck yet i was actually still like really early on i was maybe you know a little further than this maybe you know maybe where we're at next episode or whatever Point is, I wasn't that familiar with it, but my friend really wanted me to go to the con with them and I was and like join the community. And I was like, yeah. And also, Rhea, I knew you at this point. I wanted to see you. And like, yeah. So I made one very, very bad cosplay for a character that we haven't met yet. And then the second day, the theme was like a million Daves. So everyone had to dress up as Dave. And of course, over the next eight 8,700 pages, Dave gets a lot of costumes. So the idea was everyone could pick their own Dave costume and wear that. I I am only familiar with the one at this point. And my friend is like, oh, I'll loan you this shirt. And then that, that'll be fine. And I was like, oh, great, thanks. But that shirt was part of a costume that involves a cape. It involves red pants. 
hats. It involves red <laughs> shoes. It involves a whole bunch of other stuff. So I looked like an absolute fucking dweeb showing up wearing just like one piece of this incredibly complex costume. And I do remember hearing people being like, oh, I hate seeing people like not even try. Like they just wear a shirt because they think it's cool. Um, and they don't do the rest of the thing. And I was like, I don't even fucking know what we're talking about right now. So um, the, the moral of the story is be nice to people at conventions. Just let people wear what they want at conventions. They either don't know or wish they could do better. So I was definitely there in Basic Dave. Yeah, you were there in Basic Dave. And I think, well, I know you were on day one, but it's a character we don't know yet. So that's a secret for later. But it was also, like, I think both of our first, like, cosplays, and we definitely bit off more than we could chew on that. Anyways. (laughs) (laughs) Classic first con experience. Good story time. Good story time. Uh, Okay, so lastly, we got to talk about Rose and all the things she's going through today, mostly dealing with her mom. And I know we set it up to be like, oh, sad, Rose has an abusive alcoholic mother. Their interactions are so funny. Oh, absolutely. Even though they, yeah, they they do seem to have, like, the most genuinely uncomfortable relationship. But also Mm -hmm. it is hilarious. So, like, Rose goes up to the fridge where, one, there's a doodle that she drew of her dead cat in, like, a thousand dollar frame on the top part of the fridge. And then there's a bunch of letters on the fridge. And then Rose tries to make the word shrew about her mom. But they don't have a W, so she makes it out of two Vs. So then the mom goes out and buys an entire page of just Ws, and then uh, to make up for it. And then Rose gets a thank you note notarized and sealed with a drop of blood. And then the mom puts a like silk pillow underneath it. And then Rose's next game plan is to accidentally spill some sauce on it and then get it dry cleaned. And then to get to embroider a poem about motherhood on it. Yeah, like, oh my god, it's perfect. (laughs) I I wish I had that level of relationship with anybody. I wish I had that amount of money for a gag. This is just what rich kids do. This is why, this is what rich kids are like. I guess. And, like, also the fact that, you know, like, you know, so far we've seen that John's dad really likes Harlequins and Dave's brother likes puppets And Rose's mom loves wizards, but Rose is just like, no, I don't like wizards. And my mom only buys wizard things because she knows I doesn't like them. I don't like them. With this episode, I should I should make sure that we post a picture of my uh, wizard painting. You have wizard paintings? You've seen my wizards. I must like I know I must have. I just can't visualize them in my brain right now. Like that weird sort of metal tacky metallic like portrait. I'll send you my wizards. We'll like we'll post my wizards. Okay, we'll post your wizards. I appreciate that. I really like that Cthulhu does not exist in this universe, but Flithulu does. I definitely did. I did write down Flithulu. <laughs> I didn't write down the other names, but I'm just like, no, Cthulhu doesn't exist. What are you talking about? Here, let's read this book, Flithulu. Now, you've actually read Lovecraft. Is that an accurate representation of how that book is i mean lovecraft is just like what if there was a big fish and <laughs> the big fish represents people of color and <laughs> and the irish oh uh, yeah um, god like lovecraft is a just like one of the most like the best examples of something that 
is much more fun to learn about than it is to actually read. Like, it's kind of like, yeah, like, actually, you know what? I think Lovecraft is the most metal of all, like, literary, uh, I guess, I well, writers, because much like heavy metal, it's more, it's more fun to read about than it is to actually experience. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I get that. I do like, though, that Rose, when trying to choose her strife specibus, just, like, throws caution to the fucking wind and tries to throw the grimoire in there like she's going to become, a like, just practitioner of complete chaos. Just like, yeah, let's do it. And then the strife specibus says, no, that's too much. And then she puts her knitting needles in. Soon, though. Not soon, soon, sooner than later. I just thought that was a really, f- like, God, I love her. Like, Dave has aged bad. Rose has only gotten sweeter, though. Like, like aged, aged like wine. Yeah, like, she is more relatable today than she was in 2011 or whatever, mm. for sure. John, timeless, because there's not a single person who is like that. Is there anything else with Rose that we need to, because, like, she's, you know, looking, going for a generator to charge her laptop, but we never quite make it there because we our section ends with her fighting her mom in a battle where she aggresses passively and youth rolls and auto parries. Oh my god, that was such a good strife. Mm-hmm. Hey, Re, you remember how last week I was saying that during the first Dad and John uh, strife animation, I played it for like an hour because I was waiting for plot? Mm-hmm. Did you do it again? Yeah. <laughs> Again, this was years ago when I read it the first time, but yeah, no, I did not learn my lesson. No, no, no. I did play this one again for quite a long time, but like upon reflection, this one's hilarious. Like the mom's just like, oh, here's a beautiful, we're fighting. Here's a beautiful pony. And then yeah, Auto auto Perrier. It's it's really lovely. (laughs) I'm just reviewing my notes and I just wanted to quickly flash back to the grimoire where the last page includes a window with an electrical like plug attached to it, which is I foreshadowing. Have wrote in my, I wrote in my notes, Re, what is this? <laughs> it's foreshadowing. It's foreshadowing, okay. I don't remember what it's foreshadowing to, so well, that's good. exciting. Yeah, that's even better. <laughs> also, if we, yeah. if we ever, if we ever uh, get enough listeners for, to, for me to post the Re's college... Wait, is it foreshadowing? Because... If we ever post my Problem Sooth movie, if you if I get because oh, remember I built okay, I, I built one now. for that. I, so wait, so was it a Problem Sleuth thing or was it a Homestuck thing that I that I made as a reference? Because now I don't remember. And you built a window. I built a for window. That, yeah, for for that film, it was a good window. Yeah. Okay, so it might be a reference to Problem Sleuth. And not Homestuck. Either way, I guess we'll find out, won't we? Yeah, we either will never hear of it again, and then we'll assume that it's Problem Sleuth, well, or there, it'll come back. There certainly play. are windows that play a big part in, you know, in, in Homestuck later on. But I just can't remember if this is mm-hmm. specifically. So, you know, it'll be a surprise for all of us. But just keep that in your brain hole. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I yeah, I wrote down, Re, is this, uh, is this foreshadowing, or is this something to do with... Like Lovecraft that I don't know. No, no, no. It's a it's a MS Paint Adventures thing. Okay. Cool, 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 cool. All right. That concludes episode four of Homestuck Book Club. Uh, sorry about last week's audio quality. Lexi bungled it, and Devlin did an excellent job fixing it. 
So let's start off with a big thanks to Devlin, our editor. You can follow them on Twitter at D-V-L-I-N-G-L-L-W-Y. And you can also listen to their podcast called Music is Good, and you can find that wherever good podcasts are found. I'm Lexi at Pigeon underscore Toad. And I'm Ree at R-H-I-C-R tr on everything yeah you can follow this show at at homestuck bc and thank you to the arbuckles for our beautiful theme song you can find them on bandcamp and spotify next week we'll be reading from where we are now at page 388 to page 459 bye-bye don't get stuck in your house don't get house stuck My friend Lexi says, hoo hoo hoo. I have never said hoo hoo hoo.